Hello, One Kiss Means Forever listeners. Before we get to today's episode, we wanted to take a moment to address the United States Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on June 24th, which stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all people, which we have already seen with abortion bans and restrictions in countries like Poland and Malta. This decision has dire consequences and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions within the United States. We encourage our audience, American and otherwise, to learn more about what you can do to help at podvoices.help. Again, that's podvoices.help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. And now, on to the episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Means Forever. This is the podcast where we talk about life's choices and whether or not choosing one thing can lead to another thing that might lead to another thing. And honey, I'm home. Anyway, all will really come to pass in this episode. You'll see. Uh, We talk about our favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Netflix, Lifetime. You know the type. And this time, it's Christmas. Christmas. It's such a nice Christmas in July when it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Nothing like Christmas like sweating balls. Yes. Um, so today, uh, as we finish up our Candace Cameron Beret and Goodbye and Good Renaissance tour, uh, we are going to be talking about the November 25th, 2018, so like most coveted spot movie. It's like Saturday night after Thanksgiving, A Shoe Addict's Christmas. This is based on a book. I don't know anything else about it, but it is based on a book. I didn't know that. It's yeah. good to know. Um, and this is Hallmark's little description. Noelle, a holiday hater, no, she's not, who toils in a department store in which she is accidentally locked on Christmas Eve. Again, no, not Christmas Eve. <laughs> there, she meets a woman who identifies herself as Noelle's guardian angel. No, she doesn't. And introduces her to several ghosts uh -uh, of Christmas past, present, and future. So nothing about that is right, but that's fine. It stars Candace Cameron Bure, Luke McFarlane, and Gene Smart. And I've killed Katie. Yes, because I guess I just didn't read this synopsis um, right now before, because like literally the first line of this movie is, oh, I love Christmas. So did my mom. I'm named after Christmas. Like, wow. Well, I feel like we have so much to talk about. Okay. And that's what we'll do in this episode. Welcome. Here we go. Here is what we have to say about Shoe Addicts Christmas. The thesis of this film is that every pair of shoes tells a story. So, for the purposes of this podcast, we are shoes. You're welcome. 
Candace Cameron Bure's Noel Carpenter is working in HR at Fulton's, which is a Macy-esque department store. And she's been working there for three years, ever since her ex dumped her on Christmas and dashed all her dreams. She wanted to be a photographer, but he made her feel untalented and scared, and so she literally put her dreams in a box and just existed at this store. It's the same relationship with her dad. Since the death of her mother, they've been fine, but they haven't been close. Jake, played by Luke McFarlane, is a firefighter, just like his father. He loves his job and his career and his friends at the station, and he's up for promotion, which his father never did, so he thinks he should take it in order to step out from his father's shadow. He's also moving into a new apartment, and on the night he moves in, all his stuff is all over the hallway because that's how you move into an apartment. Uh, But he still tries to help his new neighbor, Noelle, carry her bags. When she declines and he insists, the tussle brings her to the floor and the pair have gotten off on the wrong foot or the wrong pair of shoes. The next day, Noelle is asked to go through old employee records as part of a gift from Mr. Fulton to his mother. While in the basement looking, a snowstorm rolls in and the store is closed and locked and everyone forgets about Noelle. Upon realizing that she's in the store alone um, until she's rescued, Noelle, Natalie Portman, and Walmart's it until she hears a crash. There's someone else in the store, which for me would be horrifying, but she seems to take it in stride. (laughs) She really does. (laughs) And that's when she finds Charlie, a kookily dressed Jean Smart with a pair of shoes. Charlie is strange and cryptic, But Noelle feels comfortable enough to put on the shoes Charlie hands her. And all of a sudden, she's transported to to the Christmas she was dumped. Her friend, Lorna, is there being supportive and offers to put her in touch with a gallery she knows. Instead, afraid, Noelle asks to be set up with a job at Fulton's temporarily. Charlie points out that this was a turning point where Noelle made the wrong decision about her life, which I feel like is a weird concept. (laughs) Present-day Noelle, in the body of past Noelle, essentially, changes paths and asks Lorna to call the gallery owner, and she jumps forward and sees her life as a happily married woman with a photography studio. This is not actually changing the present in any way. Like, she's just seeing what would have happened, you know, behind yeah, the if scenes. if she had changed, if she had done the other thing. She's reading the walkthrough of, of what would have happened. Well, what she's doing is she is going back and being like, I didn't like that pick your own adventure. I'm choosing the other option. <laughs> just to see. <laughs> So coming back to the present, Noelle is saved when the fire department comes to her rescue, specifically Jake and his team. Remember Jake, the neighbor, Luke McFarlane? Cool. We're back. Um, They think she's a bit weird because she dressed herself up in these random clothes while she was there um, from the store. And she keeps telling them that there is another woman in the store, but only she can see her. Um, But like you do in these movies, uh, Jake seems to think that it's kind of charming. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. Fulton is going to sponsor the Christmas charity gala for the fire station. Noelle, 
a decoration enthusiast, has offered to be the point person for Fulton. Her boss wants classy and elegant. So I feel like her class, her boss is going for like all silver or something. Winter Wonderland? <laughs> One might say that. <laughs> uh, so no problem. No, I've got it. That is until the fire chief selects Jake as their, poor, their point person. Jake wants fun. He wants balloons and giant candy canes. <laughs> so the two are butting heads but need to figure it out. They go look at decoration options and compromise with lights and snow. Outside, Charlie is there with a sleigh, forcing Jake and Noelle to spend some more time together. Noelle is on to her, but she doesn't know why she's there or forcing these two people together. She's like, why Jake? Anyway, whatever. That night when she arrives home, there's a pair of shoes on her doorstep. But thinking they're a gift from Lorna, Noelle puts them on. And she's transported to two years earlier. That Christmas, she had the opportunity to grow close with her dad after her mom's death, but chose not to push for it. But nope, Noelle is sure her relationship with her dad is fine, so pulls off those shoes and is like, uh-uh, not doing it. But after speaking with Charlie, who essentially admits to being her guardian angel, and that Noelle is not on the path she should be, Noelle goes home, puts the shoes back on, and spends a day with her father. And then she sees the same happily married scene. Hmm. And Noelle calls her dad to mend their relationship. Can you imagine a celestial being coming down to you and saying, you done fucked up. You made bad choices. I, I don't want to get into it yet. I have a lot of questions about this. All, all of it? Y yeah. The, like the minute. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to it. I just got excited. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake and Noelle go to a food tasting for the gala. When they arrive, the chef in the kitchen is, surprise, surprised, Charlie, doing her best Juliet Child impression. She insists that they make Christmas cookies. So now Noelle and Jake are friends. Because that's what happens when you make Christmas cookies. Insta-friends. And Noelle thinks that maybe he's the guy she's supposed to end up with. Which, since why else would Charlie be working so hard to keep them in proximity? And Jake, knowing none of this, is starting to like Noelle. Jake needs to decorate the fire station Christmas tree. When Noelle drops him at the station after their tasting, she offers to help. Remember, decorating aficionado and everything. They decorate the tree while the rest of the crew checks the equipment around them. And Jake lends her a camera, asking her to get some shots of Christmas at the fire station and of the like their chosen family. And then Jake invites her to the station Christmas party as his date. Very nice. So Charlie gives Noelle another pair of shoes. This time she goes back one year to when Lorna tries to get her back into photography. She gives her a camera lens for Christmas, which Noelle kind of immediately puts away. This is one year she's not changing. Even if she sees some guy, Will, who maybe it might be her mystery husband, um, she doesn't want to hear that she's talented or that she should enter the charity gala's most inspiring picture contest. Ultimately, she's like, no, not happening. Yeah. But things are about to go downhill. 
when the Fultons, the family that owns Fultons, hear that Jake is trying to have a fun party, they request he be taken off the party planning. Noelle goes to tell him, but his excitement about the whole thing is just too much and she can't do it. Oh well, what is like what he doesn't know won't hurt him. That is, until he comes to the store to grab the photo she took, meets the Fultons, and they apologize for any perceived slight. Oops. Jake will never like her now. Deception. <laughs> at the fire station Christmas party, Jake is sad. He looks at the photo of him that Noelle took and realizes that he wants to stay a firefighter and move up to the station chief, not anything else. At home, Noelle is sad. She was going to bring her dad to the gala, but now he needs to go take care of an aunt who broke her leg. What could have been a good Christmas is tanking hardcore. But Noelle is able to find the employee record she was looking for, and lo and behold, it's the random woman that she took a picture of years ago that everyone has been telling her to enter the picture of in her picture contest. And so now she knows who the subject is, she can. So, like, yay, universe, providing her the uh, obstacle, what, whatever, whatever. Fultons is so happy with everything Noelle has done, they insist she go to the gala, which she was always invited to, but, like, wasn't going to go because she was sad, and wear a very pricey dress from the store. So she does and decides that she wants to apologize and see where things could go with Jake. And surprise, Dad is at the gala. Her aunt will come to spend Christmas where they are. Charlie is also there with one last pair of shoes for Noelle. But Noelle doesn't need them. She knows what she needs to do. So she respectfully quits Fulton's while wearing their dress and at their party. (laughs) I hadn't put that together, but you're right. (laughs) So one slow puzzle piece locking into place at a time. Things are looking like Noelle is finally back on track. But what about Jake and this mystery husband? In the in the memories, he keeps opening a door saying, honey, I'm home. Uh, so she's thinking about it. So Jake asks Noelle to dance, but once they get out on the dance floor, her heel snaps. But luckily she has that other pair of shoes from Charlie, so she puts them on and she is transported to her future. A man yells, honey, I'm home, while opening the door. It's Will! Followed closely by Jake. <gasps> Twister. Will, Will is Jake's brother who introduced them in this reality and is making a joke. Content, Noelle comes back to the present where she dances with Jake and Charlie makes it snow, even though that idea had been nixed from the party. So Jake and Noelle kiss and since one, one kiss, kiss means, means forever. forever. Well, we know they get married. Theory proved. Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put this here because um, you mentioned the snow in the synopsis. My favorite part of this whole movie is when it starts to snow and there's an extra who goes whoop and covers his champagne glass with his hands. I was like, hero. <laughs> I don't think it's an extra. I think it's one of the fire people who actually has lines. But oh, neither oops, whatever. Either. Some other person in the scene. Oh. I have thoughts on that. Okay. If we're going to just jump in right there. Okay. Um, he's the only person who does that. They all should be doing that. Are they all eating? What is what is snow made out of? 
when it comes from the ceiling in a party. I assume it's paper or plastic. It's probably not <laughs> potato flakes. So I was just like, don't drink your. Ah! I was really upset about it. I agree. I just I I wanted to applaud that gentleman for having um uh proper uh prop work. I completely agree. I notice him every time I watch this movie. So let's jump into our what the fucks. <laughs> so I think we should go back to what we hinted at about the timelines. Okay. Because this movie posits essentially that there is a correct path that she needs to be on yes but also that she can do whatever she wants and she is free choice and she could have ended up owning hot dog carts yes so i don't really (laughs) understand i think i think that this movie is trying to have a cool philosophy about the afterlife and and different timelines and whatever i i don't know like i'm not sure i think that what charlie is trying to do is possibly get her on the timeline that she knows she would be happiest but i agree that it's really problematic saying that you're on the wrong one yeah you know, there's one thing about like rekindling your dreams and finding the person that you're supposed to be with but you know, eventually you'll get there if whatever. Right. So like, but I, I do, I do have like, if, if she could have made decisions where she became the hot dog cart owner, would she have ended up with Jake? Is that just like a completely different Noel where she like never got into photography? Like, I don't really understand. Oh my God. What... Maybe this is the first Noel that she's trying to go back to. <laughs> Love it. Okay. You set it up. This yeah, week. I did. Uh, but, like, I just don't really uh, – yeah, that part doesn't make sense to me. Agreed. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's not well thought out. There's a lot of what the fucks. But one of the what the fucks that I liked the most is kind of a big thing. There's a lot of God in this movie. Um, so, first of all, like, you see that she has this cross that she wants to put on, which you learn later is like her mother's necklace and she doesn't want to wear it. And it's kind of almost like an allegory for how she's lost faith and blah, blah, blah. And then she wears this cross. And I literally wrote barf, but also (laughs) am I going to hell? But um, there's a story that Jean Smart, I'm just going to call her Jean Smart. Yeah. Because she's the best. Um, That she says to – it's that old story about like, you know, a guy is dying. He says, God will save me three times. Three things come to help him. The guy dies and says to God, uh, like, you know, why'd you kill me? He's like, I said, I sent you the sleigh three times. But in this scene, like, she's telling the story and, like, Candace Cameron Bray's face is all like, yes, God will save him. <laughs> and so I almost laughed out loud when Gene Smart was like, oh, no, he died. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> God didn't save him. It's like, dude. <laughs> God sent you a vaccine. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm just yep. leaving that there. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get off our a little a little soapbox and and continue with the movie for now. Okay. All right. Um. So I I have questions about CCB's relationship with Lorna. Mm. So first of all, she says Lorna always buys her cr- shoes for Christmas. The only time we see Lorna give her a present, she does not give her shoes. <laughs> and, like, what is their relationship? What is CCB getting Lorna for Christmas? This, like, this is a 
I don't know, like getting somebody's shoes is not casual. Yeah, that's true. You you have to know them well enough to like know what they would like and their shoe size. And like, I don't like the idea of buying somebody's shoes just because like sometimes like you can be like, okay, I'm a size eight. And then you put the shoes on and they don't fit right. I, I don't know. Like I agree. 100%. You have to try on shoes, guys. And then, like, I keep thinking, like, these are not, like, $20 Payless shoes. I understand Payless doesn't exist anymore, but they're going to be Payless for the rest of my life. Um, these are, like, I mean, I, I get the impression these are over $100 shoes. Oh, definitely. And that yeah. camera lens is not cheap, you know? No. Like, I'm just, like, a little confused about all of it. I think Lorna's in love with Noel. <laughs> Very possibly. Why? Got me. But, you know, a little bit of a sad sack. Um, another thing that I was sort of confused about, and it's kind of dumb that I'm confused. So the woman that the personnel file that she's looking for is named Charlene. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jean Smart's character is named Charlie. And I – this, I mean – I've seen this movie a couple of times now, and every time I watch it, I kind of want Charlie and Charlene to be the same person. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I understand why they can't be because otherwise Noelle would instantly be like, "Oh, you're the person that I took the photo of." Yeah, and that's why it can't be that. But it it is strange that they went with those names. Yeah. Like, why? There's so many names out there. Why do they have to be so similar? It's a very strange choice. Yeah. I also – okay. I have a lot of questions about the everything about this picture and the old employee file and all of that. First of all, the contest is most inspiring photo of the year. So, to me, a picture you take four years ago is disqualified. I thought the same thing. <laughs> You can't you this is this is not allowed. I'm sorry. Like also I don't really understand why it's inspiring. Um it's just a picture of her face. I don't know. I don't get it. I th- I think the Luke McFarlane one is actually pretty ex- inspiring in its own way. But like I agree. I, I genuinely do not understand this picture. Second of all, she says she can't submit it because she doesn't know who the picture is of, which I have two questions. One, isn't that, like, part of being a photographer is if you take a candid that you, like, might want to present one day, you, like, get the information. Sure. And you do it. And two, so what? Right. <laughs> I Right. You could just name it, like, woman staring at a lantern or whatever it is that she's doing, you know? Like, I totally agree. And I feel like if – if I were to create a person out of my imagination painting a picture, I don't have to name them. Right. right? And then that person really... might, I don't know. And and if you were to take a, a portrait of somebody that you did know their name in like a setting in some, like you can call it, you know, like woman at tree lighting or you know, like yeah. I don't really understand why that matters one way or the other. I think it was supposed to be her creating obstacles for herself, you know, just okay. dumb things you tell yourself to not succeed succeed as an artist, which I have absolutely no connection to whatsoever. Um <laughs> and so like her finding this her finding this folder might have just been like, oh my God, synchronicity. Okay, I'm being an idiot. But sure. 
but also, also dumb. like this is a picture she has framed on the wall of her apartment. <laughs> so if she was ashamed so of it, she'd hide it. Questions. Yes. So like, <laughs> also like of all the things you put up in your apartment, like you, your own photos that you've taken of randos is not really high on the list exactly i don't think i have a a single photo of anybody that isn't me or billy or like my mom you know like or like just family member yeah i I have i have a lot of pictures that aren't me but they're they're all family and friends yeah and you know most of them are on my little you know rotating computer frame thing you're so technological Stole it from my grandpa when he died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want one of these. I really don't want to buy one. <laughs> um, um, okay. Can we talk about the night she gets locked into the store? Yes, please. Because, so first of all, I don't understand if they close the store early. How is there not like a announcement system that be like attention shoppers that you could hear in the basement? Good question. And also, like, I'm I'm a little concerned because if you can't hear it in the basement, like someone will die down there because there will be a fire and they will not get out. A hundred percent. It's just like fire code safety. Did Luke McFarland clock that? <laughs> Two. When she tries to leave, she tries to do so from the front revolving doors. I assume, having never worked at a store like this, that there is an employee entrance with employee doors that are the last to be locked. And fire exits that are (laughs) never locked from the inside. Yes. You know? like I, I. yeah. This is uh, – it's dangerous. It's dumb. She, like, she would never ever – like, I feel like leaving through the front door wouldn't even occur to her because that's never how she would enter or exit. I'm with you. I am so with you. I'm My my reactions to this were a little bit on the um, horror movie side <laughs> that I don't know about you or our listeners out there, but the moment I think that I'm stuck somewhere or I'm alone in a space, it even could be my house. There's always a a, a flicker of murder or ghosts. Just always. Like, you know, am I actually alone? Mm-hmm. Like kind of thing. And if I was if I was locked in a department store that is big and tall ceilings and dark that had weird noises i would be so scared (laughs) after i tried on all the dresses i would be very scared (laughs) right i mean i I feel like there would be a part of me that had a really good time again natalie portman in walmart i also thought even though this this is a little dark uh evening primrose like i thought i was thinking um uh Basilie Frank Wilder, even though it's a museum, you know, like when sure. you walk. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, like there are stories of more fun versions of it. Sure. But even like, like the Natalie Portman one is not a good situation. But like, you know, and then Evening Primrose, like it sounds like it's a good idea until you realize like they have slavery and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> You sent me Evening Primrose Runs, but I never watched it. I don't know if oh I Oh, my God. It. It's I, 
I really, really love Evening Primrose. It's only like an hour. It's pretty short. It is a, for a movie that is about living in a department store and like pretending that you can leave the world, it's dark as shit. Nice. I um, love it. Make your art, friends. I kind of wish, um, I, I, the only because this is my next thing and we're talking about department stores and talking about shoes and I know this is a shoe addict's Christmas, but I sort of wish that we had more of a chance of like what the specific type of shoes influencing the moment, you know, like if she was really like distraught over a breakup, maybe she's not wearing stilettos, you know, or like what about the, what, what feelings a sensible flat or flip flops or slippers would have done. Yeah. She she is always in shoes that are, I mean, they look uncomfortable. They're terrible. I would not wear shoes like that at all. Well, I mean, there's sometimes they're cute, except for the first pair, which maybe were cute. I have no idea. I, I can't. I decide. really didn't like the second or third pair, actually. Like some of them are okay. I genuinely thought like her boots that looked like Mary Jane's with socks were horrific. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of feel like it'd be more of an interesting character study if all the shoes didn't have the same flavor. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I also okay. I also don't understand the rules of the shoes. You put them on and you're transported. Right. Why do they work again? That's Why true. They, like I feel like this should be a one-time thing, or they always transport you, and then so how can she be dancing in them with Luke McFarlane at the end? Like. Either either they work or they don't. Or they're Hannah like, Weitzman asking the important questions. <laughs> I was just like, what is the what are the rules? Why why? And what do you do with these shoes? Like okay, a port key is only supposed to work once, guys. Agreed. <laughs> but also like, so so now she has these shoes that no one can wear? What if somebody else tries to put them on? Like I, I have are, are are they magic forever? Are they sometimes magic? Or can they be one? I I don't understand. <laughs> Honey, which I need your advice on which shoes I need to wear with this dress. How about these? No, <laughs> right? Like, and can you get rid of them because you you can't wear them because you get transported to the bath, past? Okay, can can you give them to a homeless shelter and somebody else can wear them and they're fine? Oh my god, I don't so know the rules. And they also were supposed to be like shoes that she owned at one point. So like whatever. But I like I guess this woman spends like twenty thousand dollars a year on shoes because like if I bear buy a pair of shoes that cost like more than I don't know, a hundred dollars, I have them forever. Oh yeah, right. Also, she like it's like she lost pairs of shoes from two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? What are you doing with these shoes? Like, you cannot possibly wear them into the ground in that amount of time, especially considering how many pairs of shoes we know you have. Yeah. All right. We could talk about shoes for days, but I think we should get into our Hallmark Hallmarks. Hallmark Hallmarks. So starting off, we have a holiday name because her name is Noelle. And then her last name is Carpenter. Like Jesus. Like Jesus. Um, we have someone who really loves Christmas, despite what the initial synopsis would tell you. Her ex is getting married, and that makes her sad and sad. Sad. It is sad. Um, it's blank weeks till Christmas. Ah, yeah. There is a snowball fight. <laughs> True. I haven't done my art form in years. 
They are forced to work together. There's a lot of wistful photo looking. Hashtag bad Christmas movie bingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, dad or mom, depending on who we're talking about, is dead and life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, grabbing an unhelpful household item to use as a weapon, al- although this time it was a frying pan, and we know about those. I have that written down in my <laughs> frying pan. Who knew? Um, we have literally falling into each other. All right. Very nice. Um, we have. Oh, and also irrational contempt. Yeah. True. For each other. Eh. I don't know how irrational. She said no, and then he was, like, trying to grab things out of her hand. I guess this is true, but she seemed to be um, antagonistic towards him before that. Yeah. I mean, he did have everything in the hallway. I don't know. I don't know if I blame her, like, 100% on that one, but whatever. Fair enough. You're right. Strike it. Um, We have decorating the Christmas tree together. Yes. We have a magical Christmas helper. Uh, Cookie baking. Uh, we have, um, oh my gosh, there's so many. Uh, we have a romantic carriage ride. Yeah. In the snow. Yeah. Right. Just like, what the fuck? Well, how did a, car- a sleigh end up in this movie? <laughs> uh, we have wanting to follow your parents' footsteps and do what they did. Oh, right, right, right. Um <laughs> I sh- I had this next to the decorating the tree, but I think it's worth noting that there was a blatant Balsam Hill advertising shot. Um, oh yeah, great. that's true. Um, we have deception by not telling him that he was taken off the project. Absolutely, and she's wearing a red dress for the big event. We knocked that out of the park. Woohoo! Pretty parade. Pretty parade. Um, I have two things. Uh, one, both kind of pretty-ish. I loved the green dress and tall boot look that she was wearing at the fashion at the fire station when she was when they were decorating the tree. Like it was just like the perfect little winter outfit to me. Um, but I wanted to talk really quickly about the red dress for the big event because there was another red dress that she wore before in like a previous thing that was this really cool like off the shoulder kind of sweepy uppy thing that had like a cutout in a shoulder that looked a lot more expensive and nice than the red dress that she wears at the end which I thought was kind of ugly the red dress she wears at the end like you see her look at it when she's locked into the department store and like notice that it's expensive it's tacky it's your basic sophomore year someone asked you to prom Yes. Solid yes, color 100%, look. A hundred percent. Like it's like it's I don't think I mean, like as much as I don't like her as a person, she's not a like CCB is beautiful in you know, like and she looks good in it, but yeah. it's sort of like meh. It's also a red like I, I kind of want like it's it's a juvenile red. Yeah, it's not a deep red. It's not yeah. like a pretty red. <clears throat> Hannah is currently wearing a red tank top. That's a better shade than the red that she <laughs> has on in this movie. Yeah, it it's it's like a cheap cherry. Mm-hmm. Cheap cherry red. Like it's not even as nice as a uh, fire truck red. Which would have been perfect because it's a firefighter. Yes. I almost said fireman, but that's not what they call them. <laughs> yeah, because there is a – well, actually, I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, so 
I have a few things to talk about for Pretty Parade. Perfect. First of all, coat count. It's really low. Mm. I only got three. Very cool. Yeah. I, you know, none of them are like warm, but <laughs> <laughs> we've already talked about how the shoes are kind of bad. Um, But I want to shout out to the hair department for this movie because they changed CCB's hairstyle and length depending on when she was in time every time and you actually could like follow that very cool i don't know if i paid attention that closely so that's awesome um and i was like you know what good for you that you like took that into account and remembered it but as great as you all were for like changing hairstyles changing like cuts blah 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 when they're baking cookies Luke McFarlane puts the apron on and set out. <laughs> and you see him do it. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe that was a choice. Maybe he's like, I'm going to be so inept at baking cookies. I'm going to put the apron on inside out. Oh, but it's a cut and then he's wearing it correctly. Oh, well, never mind. Yep. Nope. But he, like, literally, it's like pattern, you know, like pattern side in. Towards his body. Hilarious. No, sir. I know you know how to do this. Closer than I did. I think I was like playing games on my phone and listening (laughs) to him anyway. (laughs) (sighs) That's fine. That's what, you know, it's all about what you pick up on. Yeah. (sighs) Across the universe. I feel like we talked about most of them. Like, you know, I have evening primrose kind of stuff. Uh, and frying pans who knew because yeah. frying pans who knew frying pans who knew i guess the only the only across the universe i would mention is um that deserves a little bit more attention is uh jane smart's impression of julia child which was obvious and she was when they were in the, doing the cookie baking and she was like hello everyone and she even said bon appetit <laughs> and it was perfect so well done there um if you haven't watched julia on hbo max you should it's fun New and noteworthy? Um, I have that uh, – oh, I, just that moment that someone covered their champagne when the fake snow started. So I thought that was wise and noteworthy. Um, I liked that they had a lady firefighter. Yeah. Um, and that she, like, had lines and was, like, integral in the firefighting scenes. Yeah. And also, I do not believe that CCB wears – the same necklace twice. Fascinating. And considering that it is a Hallmark Hallmark to have a signature necklace, she is, it's noteworthy that she is basically doing the opposite of that. Well caught. And we get to see her collection of necklaces at the beginning and yes. her little necklace tree. Yes. Supporting shout out. Jean Smart all the Jean way Smart. as Charlie. She is so amazing. Like, what an incredible actor. It, like, I think the only reason why this is a classic, and it really is kind of a classic Hallmark, like, at this point, yeah. is because she's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> she's so fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. Like, you don't – I mean, basically, her name is attached to this movie. You know she is the supporting shout-out. Like, you don't yeah. need, need to watch it. <laughs> 
Like you should have known. You should have known out there, you friends listening. I guess we're on to kiss meter. We are. There's only one. There's only one. Okay. I gave it a six. Okay. I said it was fine. There was nothing really wrong with it. It's very far away. You can't see it. It looks soft and gentle, but also very, very uh, unremarkable. Just meh. I agree. I had a lot of thoughts about it, though. Okay. And this is why. I thought it was fine in a a relatively sweet moment. But it is between CCB and Luke McFarlane, which, like, maybe bumps it up because it was as good as it was, because I'm pretty sure she is a bad person who is genuinely disgusted by him as a person. Fascinating. Okay. I mean, meta. I mean, she is. Yeah. But like, I was like, I'm buying that you want to kiss him. Even though you probably think he's like going to hell or whatever. So Um, she did good acting things is what you're saying. Yes. But it's also surrounded by some pretty stupid lines. (laughs) Um, like her shoe breaks, she goes, she tries on, she puts on the other shoes, she goes to the future. Like they were on the dance floor when her shoe breaks and her, she'd say, she says, when she comes back to the present, I'd love to dance. It's like, no, you already accepted. What, what are you talking about? Like, it's such a weird thing to say. It's like. Oh, my shoe is broken. I need to go put on a different pair of shoes and then we can finish our dance. I would love to dance. It's like, well, yes, I, I know. I suppose it's in character because Luke McFarlane <laughs> is kind of used to her saying bizarre things. So he's probably like, oh, you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But oh, it, like that that line really jars me. Fair. Fair. Yeah, I must not have been paying that much attention. What is the, after you have weighed and measured and been founding wanting, what is your final kiss meter rating? Oh, um, I gave it a seven. Okay. But yeah, I'm just torn. I'm 6.5 it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, would you watch this movie? So this, again, I am torn because... This might be the best acting CCB has ever done. (laughs) Maybe. And I hate her because she's terrible. But this movie also has Gene Smart. So what are you supposed to do? I agree with you. I mean, this one, like, I think the script is actually quite fun. I think yeah. it, I think it would have been better with someone else. I think CCB's best like acting moment was Christmas Town, but only because that was just like a roller coaster ride of emotions. Uh, but I agree with you. I think this is my favorite one Christmas movie that has CCB in it, but not because it's her. It's because mm-hmm. of Jean Smart, and I think it's like the whole concept of the shoe being the portal to take you to your past is a cool one. It has problems. We talked about it at length. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I would watch this if it was on because it's fun. Yeah. But, like, I don't – there are better Christmas movies. There are better Christmas movies. Yeah. So, I'm, I, 
I mean, like this is this is a fun one. I enjoy it. There's a part of me that is really disgusted that I enjoy it because she's in it. That's fair. <sighs> and now we don't have to talk about it ever again. Yeah. So. It's done. Yeah, it's done. We did it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry, Merry. Friends, happy Christmas in July. Yeah. Hope it's been an okay one out there yeah. for everyone. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, when I decide to post there. One kiss means forever. We do live tweets of a lot of the premieres. Um, Chesapeake Shores is coming back, so I'll get those too. Uh, <laughs> Hannah will get those. I have not watched it. Yes. No, that'll be me. That's fine. <laughs> Also, I'm more available on Sunday nights and Saturday nights, so it works out. Holler. Um, and if you want to email us for any old reason, um, send us pictures of your favorite Christmas shoes. No, that's weird. Anyway, if you want to email <laughs> us for any reason, um, you can uh, send that to onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. That's all spelled out like it is on our logo. Uh, thanks, as always, to Flint Pastors for our intro-outro music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you could rate, review us on your podcatcher of choice, that would be wonderful. Yeah, we like um, it. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are, we're done with CCB. We never have to talk about her again. Done. Uh, Goodbye. Bye. So, um, cool beans. Cool beans. We'll see you next <laughs> month when we're talking, going back into summertime. Summertime and the living is easy. If only that were true, Hannah. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, that is—it's not true in that show either. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>